your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. You can go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So we finally made it the last week of the regular season. Well, for, for most of the NHL teams. Um, I know Vancouver has to play, I think, well into the week of, like, what, uh, May 16th, May 17th, or something like that. Um, but for all of the United States teams, uh, I believe this is the last full official week of the regular season, the Penguins will play tonight, obviously against the Philadelphia Flyers. They will play Tuesday against the Flyers as well before coming home and playing the Buffalo Sabres uh, Thursday and Saturday as the Penguins look to uh, clinch home ice, not just for the first round of the playoffs, but for the uh, second round as well as they try to win the division title. They have not won a division title since 2014, which was the inaugural season of the Metropolitan Division. Um, since then, like I said, they have not won um, any of their division titles. They finished second in quite a few years, but have not gotten back up to first since 2014. I think that they will this year, though. They have the schedule to do it. The Flyers basically just want to get to the end of the season and then make their changes. And then Buffalo, I think, is the same way. You know, both those teams, you know, if they want, if they had a choice to probably end their season uh, this past weekend, I think they probably would have taken it with how both of their years have gone. But uh, for this episode, we're going to recap the Penguins' outstanding win on Sunday against the Washington Capitals, a 3 nothing shutout, before previewing tonight's game against the Flyers. And yes, everyone, I can confirm, uh, well, the Penguins confirmed it for me, Evgeny Malkin will be returning tonight for the Penguins after missing 23 games. Brandon Tanev, though, uh, will be missing another game. Uh, maybe he goes tomorrow, but uh, my, the safe bet is probably Thursday or Saturday against Buffalo to at least play a game or two before um, the playoff start, which will probably still be um, in another week. We also have some mailbag questions to get to um, and a whole bunch of other stuff for this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. So let's get into it. What a performance it was for the Penguins on Sunday. They finished 6-2 against the Capitals this season. Brian Russ with two goals, and both of those goals uh, just show how far he's come as a player since making his debut in the 2015-2016 season. You remember when he first came in, you know, he was all speed, kind of reminded me of like a mini Bobby Farnham. You know, just, he was so quick to the puck, but didn't have any moves. You know, his, his shot wasn't that good. His playmaking ability wasn't good. I didn't really think anything of him in the defensive zone. But, you know, since then and over these last five years, um, he has de uh, developed into, I think, one of the best wingers in hockey. And I will say it again, his contract at $3.5 million per is probably the best bargain deal in the league for the production that he has put up this year. It is his second consecutive 20-goal season. Again, um, he would probably gotten well over 30 goals last year if the Penguins wouldn't be able to finish that year. And yes, he now has um, 100 goals for his career um, in his first five seasons in the league. So congrats to Russ with that. Overall, though, 41 points in 52 games this year, 22 of those goals. Uh, if this were an 82-game season, I believe Russ would be on pace for 36 to 37 goals, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, he was obviously on pace for over a 40-goal season, but... He really has turned into something ever since he made his debut in 2016. And, you know, whenever it's a big game, uh, Brian Rust is well right there. You know, big game Brian, you can call him Mr. Elimination, Mr. Game 7. I know it's a little bit uh, stealing content from Justin Williams, but 
Um, maybe Justin Williams is Mr. Game 7, but Brian Rust is Mr. Elimination, and we can also call him Big Game Brian because, like I said, whenever there's a huge game, you saw this with Sunday, he's there to score. In 2016 Eastern Conference Final Game 7, he scores that one. 2017 Game 7 against Washington, he's there to score the big clinching goal against the Capitals and so many more um, as well. And I'm honestly, honestly at the point now where I hope Brian Rust retires as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins just because of how great that he's been um, these last few years. And that first one, uh, I know obviously he took advantage of Garnett Hathaway going down. You know, you, you hate to see a, a great player like Garnett Hathaway uh, screw up. I, I really don't even understand what he does for the Capitals and why he gets um, ice time on the fourth line because he really doesn't do anything on a nightly basis. So, um, you know, like I said, thanks to Hathaway for that. And Brian Rust was able to beat Sam Sonov coming down the left side. His second goal, though, was much more impressive. Beats Orlov to the puck, kind of just shrugs him off like it's nothing, and then goes for a uh, backhand forehand, excuse me, uh, to beat Sam Sonov. That goal reminded me a lot of that clinching goal in game six in 2016. Um, when the Penguins were, they were clinging to that 3-2 lead. Tampa was kind of pushing. And then Rust makes it 4-2 with about two minutes remaining in the third period uh, to send it to a Game 7. And this one, now I understand it wasn't, you know, during the third period with two minutes left. Um, it was just such a huge moment in the game because I thought the Capitals were starting to push play, I mean, a, a little bit more, even though I thought the Penguins were in control of that game. But it was still huge for him to make it 2 nothing and to really show how far he has come as a player. Again, Jeff Carter, he's been nothing short of extraordinary. He got his fourth goal with the Penguins on Sunday. And he just, he continues to be a revelation. You know, this stat comes courtesy um, of Danny Shirey Irving of the Pens Block, if I can find that here um, on my Twitter. So um, his first 10 games with the Penguins since coming over from Los Angeles, six points, 38 shot attempts on the ice at 5v5. He's been on the ice for nine goals, four, four goals against, 57% of the expected goal share and 57% of the shot attempt share. So um, he has been absolutely killing it for Pittsburgh. And I hope that everyone that shot on that trade at the time um, is eating a lot more crow. He is the perfect fit for this team down the middle, especially now that they have Malkin back for tonight. You can just ease Carter down the lineup a little bit more, and they're going to have Jared McCann with him. I mean, that's that duo is going to be nasty for whoever they play in the playoffs. That is a matchup nightmare waiting to happen, whether it's the Bruins, whether it's the Capitals, and whether it's the Islanders, just because I don't think they have a good line or a good pairing that can really go out there and match up against that McCann-Carter line with how they've been playing lately. And, you know, Mike Sullivan as a coach, he, he loves to have these duos and then plug in a third player uh, to round out that line. He just, he kind of works in duos with his lines. And what do I mean by that? You know, Gensel and Crosby, obviously they work so well together, so Mike is not going to break them up, and they've been Awesome. Ever since 2016, 2017, you can plug whoever you want there. This season has been Brian Russ. The results have been really good. Uh, Malkin and Kapanen. They moved up, uh, Kapanen up to playing with Malkin after he played some bottom six minutes to open up his season. It worked wonders from him. And even away from Malkin this year, Kapanen's numbers have been damn good. But, you know, still playing with Malkin is what Selden prefers. And then he can just put whoever he wants next to Gino. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Jason Zucker on Monday night against Philadelphia. And hopefully that can get Zucker going. I thought he, again, had another good game on Sunday. And I think the dam is going to break really soon from him. I just, this can't keep going on forever. He's getting so many quality chances per game. He's just not capitalizing on it. It almost reminds me a little bit of Dom Simone, um, except, you know, Simone makes um, a lot less money at the time than Zucker does right now. So 
I think that's honestly my perfect comparison for it. And then, you know, McCann, Carter, Sullivan really likes them together. Um, obviously, tonight you're going to see Freddie Goudreau next to them. I think that's totally fine until Rodriguez comes back. Because when Rodriguez comes back for the playoffs, and it looks like he probably will be, he's still day-to-day right now with that lower body injury, I think they're going to go McCann, Carter, Rodriguez. And then um, Sullivan also loves Aston Reese and Bluger together. They'll, they'll just reunite Tanev on that line, and they can be that shutdown suppression line that they were last season. So that's what I think the lineup is going to be when they're fully healthy and why Sullivan loves um, the, the pairs with his line. So then he can just match them with a player that he knows will do good with the duo that he already has on each line. So I just wanted to share that with you all. But like I said, just great games from both of them. Cody CC continues to be awesome. Chris Letang had another really good game made up for that blunder the other night where they gave the Capitals a point. And honestly, just watching that game, I was actually on the road back with my girlfriend. I was seeing some family in Richmond um, during the day. Um, just watching that game, I think the Capitals, they do not want to play Pittsburgh in the playoffs at all. I think it is a major matchup problem for them. I just, obviously the Capitals are a bigger team. They play more physical. I mean, they're still fast, but they're not nearly as fast as the Penguins are. And I like Pittsburgh's depth over them a hell of a lot more. I mean, Pittsburgh's bottom six, I think, blows Washington's bottom six out of the water. I mean, you know, sure, their their top sixes can trade punches with each other. Ovechkin with Backstrom and Oshie is awesome. You know, you can have Wilson with Kuznetsov and Mantha. I mean, that, that top six is just as good as, you know, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, and, you know, with... um. Malkin, Kapanen, whoever they want to put up there next to them. But then the bottom six for Pittsburgh, you know, McCann with Carter and Rodriguez, Asterix, Bluger, Tanev. I mean, you have them going up against, I mean, Garnett, Hathaway. Lars Eller is decent, but I mean, I don't think he's better than Jeff Carter or Jared McCann down there. Sure, Daniel Sprong's all right. Connor Sherry's actually been having a really nice year for the Capitals. Uh, Nick Dowd, I think, still plays for them. But overall, I like Pittsburgh's depth. Defensively for Washington, it's just they do not want to play against the Penguins forwards. I mean, they're, they're just too fast for them. The Capitals' defense is a bit older. I know Justin Schultz is having a better year. Uh, but do you really trust him in a seven-game series? And Dan O'Chara, you know, he's still turning back the clock, but he's also old. I, kn- I know John Carlson didn't play, and he's obviously their best defenseman, but he can't carry them on a nightly basis. I know Orlov is good. Brendan Dillon continues to be weird whenever he plays the Penguins. I guess he can't shake the Penguins out of his head when the Penguins just owned him when he was on the Sharks five years ago when they were just uh, making him look like a fool every time he stepped onto the ice. I don't know why he decided to ask Teddy Bluger to fight. He kind of just mauled him when Bluger's gloves weren't even off yet. But, and, you know, last but not least, getting to the goaltending, I trust Tristan Jari a hell of a lot more than Vitek Manochek and Ilya Samsonov on Pittsburgh handled both of those goalies really well this year. So if the Penguins do meet the Capitals, whether it's in the first round, though it looks unlikely right now, or the second round, which is more likely, um, I think the Penguins can definitely take down the Capitals in a seven-game series. I'm leaning potentially Penguins in six right now, but um, it probably will go to seven games just because those series are always 50-50 coin tosses. But I had thought that the Penguins were the better team going into this series, but I wanted to make sure when they play these two games. I was thinking it was going to be a split, but I didn't expect the Penguins to really dominate in the way that they did in these two games, especially the one um, on Sunday. I mean, the Capitals really had nothing going that entire game. And, and, you know, like I said, I understand that John Carlson and Alex Ovechkin were hurt, but despite that, the Penguins locked them down defensively and didn't give Washington anything to work with except with like two to three minutes left in the second period where the Cowboys were definitely pushing a bit, but Jari was there to slam the door shut on them. 
Um, a couple more things before I do get to this commercial break. Uh, Tom Wilson doing Tom Wilson things. It's hard to believe that we're in the year 2021 and people are still simping for Tom Wilson. I, I get it. You know, Caps fans are never going to admit when anything he does wrong. I live in the D.C. area. It's how it's always been for as long as Tom Wilson has been here. You know, they'll get sick of it at some point. You know, we, we, we all got sick of Matt Cook after a while when he just continued to do headshot after headshot, freaking ended Mark Savard's career. I mean, like I said, I, I definitely got sick of Matt Cook, especially after that. I was kind of done with him. But, you know, their fans and, and their media, it's honestly, it's mainly their fans that will just never shut up about him and they'll just think, well, you know, if you're just dumping on Tom Wilson, you hate him. But, I mean, we just see reality in that he's just, you know, he can never help himself. Like I said, that cross check on Teddy Bluger when you're down 3 nothing with like, what, two minutes left? What's the point? that Tom. I mean, you're just going to piss off people and make yourself look like an idiot after all the dirty crap that he's uh, gotten away with throughout his career. And, you know, I, I saw people in my DMs or people in my mentions, well, you know, that play happens like 5,000 times a game. Who gives a shit? It's like, okay, so yeah, the refs do not want to call that a penalty um, each game because they just don't care. That is a penalty. That's a play that needs to get out of the sport. And Capitals fans can think that Penguins fans are obsessed over Tom Wilson and that Tom Wilson lives rent-free in their heads or same with Bruins fans with regards to him or Flyers fans, Islanders fans. The reality is to that fan base, no, he doesn't. We just don't like when he does stupid shit on a nightly basis when we play his team because that is just who he is. He plays to injure people. He is a good player. I will 1000% admit that, but he plays to injure people. He is Vontez Perfect 2.0. The sooner that fan base understands that, the better it will be for everyone involved. But they probably will never understand it because they always have to simp for Tom Wilson and just say, he's a changed player. You don't watch him on a nightly basis like we do. And, you know, maybe I don't watch Tom Wilson on a nightly basis, but when he does something stupid, he's never going to get the benefit of the doubt, even if it's borderline. So those are my thoughts on that after I saw what Wilson did at the end of the game to Bluger. You know, it's coward shit. And, you know, the best – I said this a few weeks ago um, when people brought up the deterrence thing. The best thing to do when someone like Tom Wilson does stupid shit like that, you go up to him in the handshake line when you beat his team in a playoff series and you say, hey, Tom, thanks for being a fucking idiot. You really cost your team the series there. And you shake his hand and you move on. So I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. But overall, um, this is definitely a matchup that I would love if I were the Penguins uh, going into the playoffs. And in case there was not any doubt that Tristan Jari would be the playoff starter, um, you all need to seek help if you think that Jari is not going to be the game one starter because that shout out on Sunday proves that he is Mike Sullivan's guy. And ever since that six goal thumping in the third period against New Jersey, he has been lights out for Pittsburgh. So he got over that really quick. That's the sign of a really good goaltender. And I can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs for Pittsburgh. But overall, very impressive performance by the Penguins as they finished 6-2 against the Capitals um, this season. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk uh, some other stuff. We're on the Penguins, including Mark Friedman getting into the lineup tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, as I will update you all on Mike Matheson's status and a couple other things. Uh, but before we do that, it's time to talk about Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low 
cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. It's trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow the wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get Get started today. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, going to do a quick preview of the, tonight's matchup for the Penguins. Will be one of their final two games against the Flyers this season. Yes, hopefully, let's get some Crosby sucks chant in the crowd in Philadelphia. Though um, you probably won't be able to see a lot of Flyers fans though, because I think their fan base is basically checked out um, of this season. I mean, they have just been a tire fire ever since early March. I, I think I've talked about this before. It was the weekend my girlfriend went away. Uh, it was it March fourth, March sixth? It was that three game series against the Flyers. Um, all three games were in Pittsburgh. Um, they had just blew that three-goal lead on Thursday. That Saturday game turned their season around in a way that you know we may remember for a long time. Because since then, I think they've won 23 of their last 30, 31 games, something like that. And it was all because they had that comeback late in the second period. They had that go-ahead goal from Jared McCann. It was because Ashley went away that the Penguins uh, started their comeback this season. I'm, I'm going to start dying on that hill, to be honest with you all. But... Um, so to look at the Flyers' line combinations, just uh, looking here, Drew with Couturier and Voracek, Joel Farabee, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Van Riesdijk with Patrick and Abi Kubel, Oscar Lindbaum, Scott Lawton, and Wade Allison. Defensively, Provorov, Braun, Sandheim, Gossespierre, Robert Haig, and Philip Myers. Um, for goaltenders, I think it's probably going to be Brian Elliott tonight and then Alex Lyon tomorrow. Um, I don't have a confirmation on that, but for Pittsburgh, um, Casey DeSmith, will be starting for the Penguins tonight, and then Tristan Jari will go on Tuesday. I have gotten some questions um, in the last couple of days as to what the Penguins' goalie rotation will be for these final four games. So we already know what it will be for these first two. I think if they have the division locked up by Saturday, if they win these next three games, which is very possible for the Penguins, I do think you see Casey DeSmith go on Saturday, Jari on Thursday, and they rest some of the key players. Though I also think that Brandon Tanev is going to make his return in one of the games on Thursday and Saturday, just to get a couple games um, in. And yes, everyone, for the second time, Evgeny Malkin will be playing for the Penguins tonight. He's missed the last 23 games with that right knee injury. Penguins overall finished 16-5-2 and and without him in the lineup. And no, everyone, the Penguins do not need to trade Evgeny Malkin. Um, as for some other injury news, Mike Matheson, it's a soul for a soul with this team. It's been like that this whole season. The injury list is now him, Rodriguez, and Brandon Tanev still. Matheson is considered week-to-week with an upper-body injury. I'm no doctor, but after watching what happened in the Sunday game with taking the puck to the face, you know, Tristan Jari had that little bit of a friendly fire there. Um, I would have to guess that it's a broken cheekbone for Matheson. Uh, Remember, John Marino had that injury last season for the Penguins before um, they had to go on pause due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think Marino was back in two to three weeks um, fully healed if I'm not mistaken, but he also had to wear the um, the full face mask. So that's probably what you'll see with Matheson when he comes back. I think he'll be ready for the start of the playoffs because after this Saturday, the Penguins will not play for at least a week um, until game one, whoever they're going to play against. And I think that'll be uh, just about two weeks since his injury. So there's a chance that he'll be ready for game one. But if he is not, 
Um, look for one of Mark Friedman or P.O. Joseph to play in Game 1 for the Penguins. I know Mark Friedman is getting uh, the start tonight with Cody Ceci on the second pairing. Uh, Pedersen Marino for the other one, Dumont Latang. Um, it's a decision that I totally understand. I mean, I, I kind of don't get why Yuso Rikla is in the doghouse for Mike Sullivan, that contract that uh, Jim Rutherford signed before the season, before he resigned, just really made no sense because he's basically the number 9 or number 10 uh, defenseman on the chart. But I thought Freeman was playing really well uh, prior to him getting hurt, and we'll get to see a little bit more of his sample size for him in these next four games. I'm really excited to see um, how he does. I think in the expected goal share, during that very small sample size, I think his expected goal share was around 72 to 77% or something like that. So obviously that's very unsustainable, but I'm curious to see how he plays in these four games, especially against his former team tonight. Um, I thought when he played, though, before he was moving the puck well, was good in his own zone. And, you know, like I said, I'm, just, I'm curious to see how he does next to CC. Um, other injury news, Evan Rodriguez is day-to-day. -day. I'm, I'm sure he'll be ready for the playoffs. And Brandon Tanev took full contact today, but um, he will not be playing tonight. Um, probably won't play tomorrow night either. Like I said, Thursday or Saturday, I think, is the time to get him back. But... Overall, this should be a very winnable game for the Penguins. The Flyers have basically checked out. They just came off a four-game series against the New Jersey Devils, and in pretty pathetic fashion, they lost three out of four games against them. Probably should have been all four since the Devils blew a 3-1 lead with less than two minutes remaining um, in the one the, the Flyers won. Um, and that was a Devils team that was coming off a nine-game losing streak. So um, I think they are just ready for this season to be over. I would not be surprised if Pittsburgh absolutely kills them in these two matchups. But Penguins have kind of played down a little bit to the Flyers this year. Um, and I don't know why. For whatever reason, they just have not played Philadelphia as well this season in comparison to other years against them and in comparison to uh, other teams in their division this season, you know, like the Islanders and the Capitals, who they both went 6-2 and two against, and the Rangers, who they also went 6-2 and two against as well. But, you know, should still be fun. The Battle of Pennsylvania is always one you get up for, even though the Flyers are not that good this year. And they're heading for a pretty interesting offseason. I'm going to be curious to see if they make some pretty big moves. Jacob Voracek, I'm sure, is going to be on the trade blog. James Van Reevesdijk. Uh, I wonder if they maybe move Kevin Hayes. Um, if they look at, I doubt, I doubt they'll move Provorov or Giroux or, you know, Couturier. I mean, could they look at maybe moving Travis Konechny? I mean, that's pretty interesting, but just not a good year for the Flyers. And it really went downhill after they lost that game uh, against the Penguins March 6th. That was when the Penguins season took off, and that was when the Flyers season um, basically went down like the Titanic did all those years ago. But we still have a little more to get to for this podcast. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to get to some mailbag questions. Have not done that in a little bit. Uh, thank you all to all the listeners who sent some in. Can't wait to answer those. Before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can get the latest news, scores, and odds and info for all your needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your last chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. And finally, we cannot forget about Bilt Bar, 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, Camel Bounty, Cherry Barkia, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, the 12 Originals, Tofi Almond, Coconut, Peanut Butter Bounty, Orange, just to name a few. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the Coconut Almond. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. 
you go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. So, all right, we're back here with the last segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast episode for this Monday afternoon. Of course, I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to a few listener questions here. As I teased in the last segment, thank you all so much for sending these in. Alan T. Yoder asks, based on topic from last week, do you ease Malkin back and put it by putting him on the second power play for right now or put him directly on the first power play unit? Um, to answer your question, Alan, it looks like we already know the answer to that. Personally, I, I think I'm leaning towards giving him a second unit, but it looks like they are going to be putting him back on his own unit um, as soon as tonight. It looks like he is taking the place of Jared McCann. Um, I personally am not a fan of that. I would have taken Brian Rust off that top unit and put Evgeny Malkin on there because I think McCann um, was playing really well on that first unit. I mean, obviously McCann is probably not going to be too upset over it because a, a future Hall of Famer is taking his place. Um, the good news is that McCann will be able to still play well on the second unit, especially with the season that he's having. But it looks like right now, to answer your question now, he is going to be back on the first unit. I get it. They always love to team up Crosby and Malkin on the same unit. You can put Latang on there, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust. It's one of the best power play units in the league. But with how McCann was playing, I personally would have uh, brought Brian Rust off and then put Malkin on there to team up with Jared McCann because his shot first mentality was really helping that unit as he was just getting a ton of goals also while playing up there with all the scoring chances that he was getting. Um, we'll go to a couple others before we end this podcast episode. Nick Berlansky of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. If you are not listening to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast with Nick and Nick as your hosts, um, you are just doing yourself a disservice. They do an outstanding job uh, giving out Penguins content uh, twice a week with that show. He asks, how big of a concern are the injuries to Matheson and Rodriguez to me? Um, Rodriguez, not as much because... Um, Goudreau was playing, I mean, Goudreau has, has been playing really well this year, I think, for Pittsburgh. Um, it does suck for Rodriguez, though, because he was playing his best hockey of the season these last three to four weeks, and I think he's the perfect depth forward that this team has needed for the last few seasons, and especially as your 12th forward. I mean, you, you can do a hell of a lot worse than Evan Rodriguez. As for Matheson, I think that one's a, a bit more bigger with my concern just because Matheson was playing his best hockey of the season for the last four to six weeks. I, I was really liking the level that he was playing at. You know, I was actually starting to form the opinion that the trade um, overall with Hornquist was not looking as bad just because of how Matheson has been able to elevate his game Ever since, honestly, the start of April, the end of March, I mean, he was not making the same mistakes that he was making earlier on in the season. We all know that he is a high event, uh, full chaos kind of player, but defensively, there weren't a lot of lapses there, I thought, um, starting from the end of March till now. And offensively, he was really starting to find his stride with moving the puck and uh, just contributing on a nightly basis for the team. So I'm definitely a bit bummed about it. Um, I know it's only week to week, but you know, hopefully he will be ready for the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They, they actually will need him to win the Stanley Cup this year, and I will die on that hill. Um, Thomas Nevitt asks, who do you see as the biggest threat in the playoffs outside of the East Division? I, that's a good question, Thomas. Thank you for asking me that. I'm going to say Colorado. Um, Tampa, they're really good, but they're also missing Stamkos right now and Kucherov. I understand. I think they're going to get both back for the playoffs. But, I mean, can they get past Carolina with how good Carolina is this year? That's a good question. I think I would take um, Tampa over them, but I think Carolina would give them one hell of a fight. Same with Florida. But it just doesn't compare with Colorado because of how they've played this year. Um, the Ranton and Landis-Cog-McKinnon line, I think, is the best line in hockey. 
Um, Mason McKinnon is a top three player in hockey, and I just would love to see Colorado and Pittsburgh go at it anyway. But you just you look at Colorado's depth, and they can go at you in waves. I mean, their first line is incredible. Their second line is awesome. Their third line is one of the best third lines in hockey. Their fourth line is so good. And then you go to their defense with Sam Girard and. Kale McCarr, who's going to be a top five defenseman in the league in the next couple of years. Bowen Byram is going to be there uh, full-time very soon. Their goaltending, if Philip Grubauer is healthy, is really good. They're well-coached. Um, this team is in win-now mode, and they're going to be in win-now mode for um, the very foreseeable future, and they have just dumped on their competition this year. I do want to see how Vegas goes up against them, especially in the second round, if both of those teams do win their respective playoff matchups. But overall, for me, it's Colorado. I think that's the team that can give the Penguins um, their biggest fits. I, I would say after that, it's Tampa and Vegas. Um, but overall, um, I think it's Colorado with the depth they had, how great their defense is, and how uh, when healthy, I think their goaltending can really turn it on as well. Uh, he also asked as a follow-up, if the Penguins were to face Colorado in the playoffs, how would that series pan out? I, I, honestly, Thomas, it, it pains me to say it. I'd take Colorado in six to seven games over Pittsburgh. I, I just think they're too good this year, and I think that this is their year to finally win the Stanley Cup. I mean, there's definitely a way for the Penguins to win that series. I mean, you know, got to shut down their super line. That is Landis, Sagog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, and you got to shut down Kale McCarr. you got to hope that Philip Grubauer has an off-series or, you know, potentially they have goalie issues injuries-wise because they've had a lot of injuries uh, to their goaltending in the last couple of years, which has sidetracked them. But overall, um, I would see Colorado beating this team as I think they're only one of uh, three to four teams overall in the league that can beat the Penguins in a best of seven. I, honestly, I should say that three to four to five teams in the league that can beat the Penguins in a best of seven series overall. But that'll wrap up this segment of the mailbag questions. Thank you all so much uh, for sending those in. I'll be back with another episode uh, tomorrow morning, tomorrow early afternoon, as I will recap the Penguins Flyers game for you all and see if the Penguins can get that much closer to their first division championship since 2014 and securing home ice for at least the first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. So hope you all enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you all tomorrow.